Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, My Beloved Easter, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on Easter Sunday, March 27, 2016. Here because why? All right, one more time, we got to say it all together. Amen, right? Praise God for that. Let's give God a hand because he is amazing. And we are truly, truly privileged to be a part of all the great things that God is doing, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. So if you're here this morning uh, for the very first time, or if you've been here uh, for the last few weeks or for the last several years, uh, I want to welcome you and thank you for coming on this special occasion. See, we all understand and we know why we celebrate today. Today is, is probably the, the one occasion that as followers of Christ, as Christians, that we should celebrate on a daily basis. You know, so often we, we look to the, to the cross of Jesus Christ, and, and that's great because that, that was the death, that was the sacrifice and the penalty of sin that Jesus paid for all mankind. But I want to challenge you this morning as, as we look at God's word, as we look at the scriptures, I want to challenge you to, to go away from here today remembering the resurrection. Thinking about the resurrected, resurrected Jesus Christ because he is alive today. So if you have been invited here this morning or if you just came because you heard about the church and you wanted to make today the day that you started going to church, I am so glad that you chose today to come. I want to say thank you for doing that. Thank you for, for being here this morning. Because I want you to know something. I want you to know that, that there is somebody that has prayed for you. There is somebody in this room that, that loves you so deeply. And I'll, I'll tell you this morning that there is someone in this room that their hope and their desire that when you leave here today, that you will become a Christian, that you will follow Jesus Christ. So this morning, what I want to do, I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you to take that step to follow Jesus Christ. And I'm not challenging you to do that just because Floyd said so, or just because your, your mom said so. But I want to challenge you to follow Jesus Christ because he is alive, because he is the living Savior. See, we, we can look at, at all of history and get an understanding of, of all the things that have trans transpired over the centuries, over the years. And there's a lot of things that you and I believe in and we trust and we walk every day knowing and believing these things are going to happen. Well, I want today to be the day that, that you look at God's word and you see Jesus Christ for who he truly is. But before we get into the scriptures, will you pray with me? Father, we, we thank you this morning. Father, we, we give you praise and we give you glory. Lord, we lift our hearts and our hands. Father, we bow before you. And we thank you because Jesus is alive. Lord, the resurrected Christ, the anointed one, who has called each and every one of us here this morning so that we could not only give you praise and celebrate you, but so that we can become believers, so that we can know and truly better understand the things that you desire for our lives, Father. So this morning, we ask by the power of your Spirit that you would open our eyes, open our minds, and speak to our hearts this morning through your holy word. And Lord, that today would be the day 
of our birth. Today is the day that we would, we would come alive, just like Jesus is alive, that we would come alive and we would walk with you. We would follow you. Lord, again, we thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you would this morning, mark your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 24. And what I'd like to do this morning, we're going to start a new series that we're entitled His Beloved. And Jesus is His beloved Son, God's beloved Son. And we're going to look at the scriptures over the coming weeks, and we're going to look at this gospel specifically, and we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about who He is and what that means to you and I. But this morning, we're kind of, I wanted to say that we're going to start at the end of the book. But really, if we're truly honest, it's the beginning. See, chapter 24 in the Gospel of Luke gives us this story, this narrative of the resurrected Christ. It tells us a story of, of the disciples and, and the people that, that uh, were around Jesus at this time. And it truly is the beginning the beginning for, for each and every one of us that professes a faith in Jesus Christ. Because our Savior isn't dead. Our Savior is alive. See, we see in this chapter, we see these people, they come and they, they're, they're ready to bury someone that they love deeply. And they go over to this tomb and they, they see when they get there something that just really shocks them and surprises them. They see an empty tomb. There is no Jesus there. And you got to imagine that, that this probably really confused them because two days before, they saw this man they called Jesus, the one that they followed and given their lives for and given up everything for, they saw him being crucified on a cross. They saw his dead body as it was removed from the cross. And now on this new day, this third day, they come to prepare for the burial of, of their Savior. To anoint him with, with oils and, and things like that that would, would preserve his body. And they come upon an empty tomb. And you've got to imagine they were, they were pretty per per perplexed about this. In fact, if you look in the Gospel of Luke 24 there, verses 4 through 6, this is what happens. It says, while they were stunned or they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said this to them. They say, why do you seek the living among the dead? See, that question there is a very challenging question. See, these two men that were in front of these people that came to find Jesus Christ dead, they're asked a question. And I think, you know, you and I, we can ask that question ourselves because I think sometimes in our culture today, in our lives today, we live as if Jesus Christ is dead. You know, don't get me wrong, you know, it's normal and it's natural to get discouraged and to, to lose hope and to, to wonder why, especially in today's times. But you've got to imagine what, what these people saw leading up to this point. Again, they gave up everything for Jesus. They followed him in ways that you and I can only begin to imagine. And they saw him crucified on a cross. And they knew what the government around them was going to do. 
if they were to even profess the name of Jesus, if they were going to continue to follow this one that was just brutally murdered. And the angels, they say, why do you seek the living among the dead? And I would ask you this morning, why do you seek the living among the dead? See, as believers, we should be excited every day. We should look to the resurrected Christ on a daily basis because we do not seek the living among the dead. Our Savior lives. See, we don't mourn a dead man. We rejoice in a risen Savior. See, the proof of God's resurrected Son is overwhelming. And this morning, what I'd like to do as we look at this chapter, I would like to give you some historical evidence, some proofs of the resurrection that you can not only apply to your life as you live it, but you can also share it with those around you, the ones that you love, the ones that you care about. Well, I want to start with a a little historical evidence. Some of you may have heard of uh, the historian Josephus. Um, It comes out of the Jewish antiquities. Big word there. I had to practice that about six times. Antiquities. But it's a a historical document. He was a, a Jewish historian. And this is what he writes. He says this. He says, About this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him that. For he was one who performed surprising deeds and was a teacher of such people as, a, as accept the truth ga- gladly. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. He was the Messiah. And when upon the accusation of the principal men among us, Pilate had condemned him to a cross, those who had first come to love him did not cease. They did not stop. He appeared to them spending a third day restored to life. For the prophets of God had foretold these things and a thousand other marvels about him. And the tribes of the Christians so called after him had still to this day not disappeared. See, the the proof of the resurrected Christ is a part of our history. It's a part of our cultural today. And it's an understanding that you and I have to move towards if we are truly to to understand the evidence and the fact that our Savior lives. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at the Scriptures. Because God's Word, the Bible, His Holy Word, is what points us to Jesus and gives us the truth of the resurrection. And we'll see as we look at the Gospels, and specifically the Gospel of Luke, that He gives us this picture He tells us of this story of of Jesus and what was discovered. And he takes us down this path. So what stands before us this morning is, is a claim. This morning, I'm claiming to you, I'm proclaiming to you that Jesus Christ is alive. And you and I, we have to deal with the tension of that. Do we truly believe that our Savior is risen? Do we truly believe this man that they called the Christ is alive? Are these claims true? Well, so Paul says in 1 Corinthians 
15, 17. He says this, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. See, that's a, a very bold statement coming from a man who believes in Jesus Christ. See, because what he's telling us here is this, if you think that Jesus is dead, then you are still in your sin. But if you believe that the Christ has risen, that you know that your sins have been forgiven. But if not, it's all futile. It's meaningless. And I think that's what we deal with today in our, in our culture as individuals. We, we lose sight that, that Jesus Christ is alive. You know, it, it sounds funny, but we really should remind each other every single day, not just once a year. We should remind each other every day, hey, brother, our Savior lives. And we should rejoice with one another at that, that very fact. Well, I have before you this morning, I have three reasons for what I am proclaiming to you this morning. Three reasons for you to think about as proof for the resurrected Christ, for proof of the resurrection. And the first one is, is the obvious. It comes to us in verses two through four. It's the empty tomb. It says this, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But they went, when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, Behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. See, the Bible teaches us that, that after Jesus was crucified, they took his body and they put it into a tomb. And we have to understand the culture. This was, it was in the Jewish culture and there were certain traditions and practices when they crucified someone. See, when they, they put you in a tomb, it wasn't like what we see today here in in our culture, where you just kind of dig a hole and put someone down below. It wasn't as simple as being able just to go dig that, dig that person up and take them with you if you decided you wanted to take them with you. See, what happened here is that they took Jesus' body and they put him in this tomb and they rolled this big rock in front of it. See, this rock isn't something that just you and I or the average person can just push away at any time. And nine times out of ten, usually from what history tells us, is that not only is this big rock in front of this tomb, but it's sealed. And because of the, the Roman emperor, the Roman culture in that time, they would usually stamp it with a Roman seal just to make sure that nobody tampered with it. And the other thing that we have to note here, and this is what history tells us, is that the Roman government was so afraid of Jesus Christ, so afraid of what he was proclaiming to the people, and so afraid of what his believers were proclaiming along with him, that not only did they seal this tomb, but they sent a Roman guard to stand guard in front of it. So you've got to think about this for yourself. You've got to think about how could someone come and steal Jesus' body? How could Jesus' body get out of that tomb. Well, from the evidence that we have, the things that we see, it has to be a miracle. It has to be what Jesus proclaimed when he said that they'll destroy this temple and in three days I will what? Rebuild it. 
See, it's not something that mere man can do. The proof and the facts are here for us in God's word. See, this is a powerful testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Critics, people, the world, scholars, some of the brightest minds still today can't figure it out. For you and I, it's, it's perplexing, isn't it? To think, well, well, how did this man get out of there? How did he, how did he get out of this tomb that was sealed up and, and guarded by this unit of, of trained warriors? See, we have to trust and believe in the fact that it's because of who Jesus Christ was. He was the Son of God, both, both human and divine. See, he was, he was who he said he was. See, the empty tomb is evidence of the resurrection. Well, the second thing that, that we see, see here in this chapter is the witnesses. In verses 30 and 31, there are two men and they're walking down a road and they're discussing these events. And you've got to imagine that, that it's probably confusing for a lot of people, more than just the immediate disciples that you and I know about. Because thousands of people had witnessed the Christ. Thousands of people had followed him to see all the miracles and understand who this man was. But not all of these individuals gave their lives to him. They may have followed him, but they didn't truly follow him. And it's a lot like our culture today. See, there, there are many who profess the name of Jesus Christ. There are many who say he was a great man and a great prophet, a great scholar. He was wise. But I want to ask you this morning, are you a witness to the fact that Jesus Christ was the Son of God? Are you a follower of Christ? See, Christ isn't his last name. Christ means the anointed one. He is the Messiah who has come to pay a price for your and I's sin. A price that we could never pay. Listen to what it says in verse 30. It says, when he, was at, when he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and he gave it to him. And their eyes were open and they recognized him. See, when Jesus was with them after the resurrection, he sat down with them and he broke bread with them. He sat down and he had a meal with them. They were witness to all of these wonderful miracles and all these great things. And the beautiful thing about this is it, it wasn't just one or two guys that witnessed this. It says there are over 500 eyewitness accounts. And not only that, but the Bible teaches us that over 40 days, Jesus revealed himself to so many people. So there were all these witnesses to the resurrected Christ. I ask you this morning. Have you witnessed Christ in your own life? Have you experienced the love and the grace of Jesus Christ for your own life? I ask you this question because before we can ever go out and share it with anybody else or if we can ever tell someone else that we are a Christian, that we follow Christ, we have to experience it personally. 
See, this is a, a proof to you and I, these witnesses, that there was something that happened in their lives. They experienced something that, that just blew them away, just rocked their worlds. See, and that, you got you to understand, they, they walked with Jesus. They, they saw him hanging on a cross, and then they saw him alive. These were eyewitness accounts. Acts tells us this. Acts 1, 3 says, He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. See, Jesus gave unquestionable proof that he was alive. He appeared to believers. He appeared to doubters. He appeared to many people. In Acts 2, 32, the apostle Peter says this. He says, This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. See, this morning as we gather together, we are gathering together as witnesses of our risen Savior. We are gathering together because we believe that Jesus Christ is alive. And I tell you what, what that does for you and I, or what it should do for you and I, leads us to the last proof. The evidence, not only in our lives, but the evidence in these eyewitness accounts. And that's this simple fact that it will change our lives. If you've encountered Jesus Christ, it will change your life forever. And I tell you what, if you look at your life right now and you don't see any change, if you think to yourself, hey, there's no difference. I'm still the same cool guy that I thought I was before. I tell you what, you might have to ask yourself that question. Have I really experienced Jesus Christ? Because I tell you what, Jesus will change your life. I tell you, Jesus will wants to change your life. Listen to what it says here. And this is Jesus' words in verse 46 through 48, chapter 24 still, in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus says this, he says, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed, listen to that word, proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem, because you are witnesses of all these things. You have experienced the Lord Jesus Christ. See, what happens when we experience Christ, he brings us to a place, we come as we are, sin and all, broken and defeated, wounded and scarred. And Jesus heals us. He forgives us. And he helps us to turn from our sin, turn from the things that that we find pleasure that are dishonoring to him. See, when Jesus changes our lives, we can't help but to proclaim the good news of the gospel message. We can't help to be excited and thankful and grateful because we have an understanding of what Jesus Christ did for me. You know, I, I believe this with all my heart. I believe this with all my heart. 
I am the biggest sinner that I know. And I'll tell you this, that you are the biggest sinner that you know. And for the very fact that, that only you know your heart. I, I can see the fruit of your life. I can see the things that you do and I can place a judgment on you and I can say, hey, you know what? Because this guy is doing this, he probably is this. But the truth of the matter, I don't know what's going on in your heart. But you know what Jesus does? Jesus knows your heart. And you know your own heart. And that's why we all stand in the presence of God and we say, God, I'm the biggest sinner that I know. And I want to experience grace and forgiveness. I want to repent and I want to turn from this sinful life. And I want to walk with you. I want to live for you. I want to follow Jesus in every way. But I know that I can only do that by the power of your spirit. By your grace and your love. And by me just putting my faith and trust and hope in you and not in this world. See, that's what happened here. The proof of the resurrection, it changed lives forever. If you would, turn with me to the Gospel of John. And I want to kind of tie these passages together. The the Gospel of John, chapter 20. We're going to see something here that really, really help us to understand this narrative that we have here in the Bible. See, the disciples had gotten the news that Jesus' body was missing. And in, in John, chapter 20, verses 19 in 20, it says this. It says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week. See, we see in, in, in Luke 24, we're in the morning time. They came to the site in the morning time. Now, some hours had passed and word was spreading that the body of Jesus Christ was gone. It says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. See, the disciples were hiding at this moment. See, Jesus had just been crucified. A day had passed. They had their Sabbath day. And then on the third day, Sunday, you've got to imagine the emotions that, that these people were feeling. And they were hiding out of fear. They were doing what Jesus had told them that they were going to do, that they were going to lose faith. And they were hiding from the Jews. And listen to this, 19, it continues by saying, Jesus came and stood among them. And he simply says this. He says, peace be with you. You know, I I look at that passage and I think to myself in my mind, I think, why, why would Jesus just say, peace be with you? Why wouldn't he say, you foolish men, I told you all along I was gonna be here. Didn't you get it? <laughs> Hello, McFly. Yeah, I could picture, you know, that's what I would have done. <laughs> Rub their heads a little bit, McFly. He said, said, Jesus, he says simply, peace be with you. Isn't that beautiful? I, I don't completely understand that. I'll be honest with you. But, but for me personally, to me, that's beautiful. That, that, that is Jesus right there. Because Jesus could very well, he, he is the son of God, he is the living God, he is the God revealed in flesh. He could very well 
condemn you. He could have very well condemned them. He could have done a whole lot of other things. But he simply says, peace be with you. And then from there, he shows them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. See, their minds changed at that point because they experienced Jesus. Their lives were forever changed. And I want to challenge you this week to go away from here. And from here, I want to challenge you to read the book of Acts. Because Luke continues the story in Acts 1 from here. And you see some things happen in the lives of these disciples and the followers of Jesus Christ that that you cannot deny change their lives forever. Forever and a day. See, these ordinary men were transformed from frightened wimps to some of the most bold, most empowered evangelists that we have ever seen. You think Billy Graham was good. These guys were good. So we have to ask ourselves, what motivated them to do this? What changed their lives? And we have a few examples here. What motivated them to do that? Well, I'll guarantee you it wasn't mom and dad. Mom and dad get a, get a little bit of credit for that. It wasn't Uncle Bob, you know, that, that loved Jesus. It was because they experienced Jesus on their own. So I want to go back to that, that first question, that first challenge at the beginning of my message. And I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you to be a Christian. I want to challenge you to to follow Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you to look at the evidence for the resurrected Jesus Christ and not look for the living among the dead. Because if truly Jesus lives and he's alive, then he is everything that he said he was. And if you believe that, if you take and make the decision this morning to believe that and trust in that, you will be a follower of Jesus Christ. You will become a Christian. The Bible tells us that he died on a cross to pay the price for our sins. So we repent, we turn from our sinfulness because of what Jesus Christ did for us. And then we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you know what that takes? It's one word. It takes faith. And I'll tell you what, everyone in this room has faith. I'll tell you, everyone in this room has given their faith to something. This morning, I want to ask you to give your faith to Jesus Christ. I want to ask you to trust in him, to believe in him and become a follower of Jesus Christ. No matter where you stand, no matter where you've been, no matter how many other Christians you know, I want to challenge you to follow Jesus Christ. Make today be the day of your birth. See, the Bible tells us that we enter into new life, that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I want you to do it not because Floyd said to. I want you to do it because you believe and you trust that Jesus Christ is alive. I ask you to bow your heads with me.
I want to read this passage from the Gospel of John as you bow your heads. And I want you to think about the resurrected Christ. In John 11, it says, and this is Jesus' words. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. See, Jesus offers us a couple of things. He offers us forgiveness of sin. If we've made mistakes, if you've made mistakes, if, if you've done things wrong that you feel guilty about this morning, if you've done things that, that, that you have remorse over, then I want to tell you, you don't have to anymore. I want to tell you that, that Jesus died on a cross so that you didn't have to. Jesus paid a price that you could never pay. The Bible is very clear. It tells us that the wages of sin is death. And death is eternal. And it's eternal separation from God. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and he died so that we could have eternal life. And eternal life is only found in Jesus Christ. It's not found in anything else. Anything that we can do or anything that we can say, we cannot attain that on our own. So this morning, with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I want to ask you, do you want today to be your birthday? Do you want to be the day that that you give your life and you fully surrender all that you are to Jesus Christ? I'm going to pray with you here in just a moment. And if you want today to be your birthday, the day that, that you enter into this new life, I want to just ask you to, right where you are, with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I want you to just raise your hand. I want you to be bold and proclaim that that you believe that Jesus Christ is alive. And this takes faith. I want to ask you to do that this morning. I want you to raise your hand. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. I want you to know that, that Jesus loves you, that God loves you so deeply. I want you to know that that you don't have to go on this journey alone. If you raised your hand this morning, that there's a group of people around you sitting next to you that love you and care about you and will want, want to go on this journey with you. I'm going to ask the pastors to come up here in just a moment. And they're going to be at the front here. And, and if you raised your hand this morning, I want to ask you as we sing this last song to come forward and just pray with these pastors. Let them love you and encourage you and remind you that Jesus Christ is alive and he lives in you and he wants to live through you. I want to pray with you right now. And if you would just pray this prayer with me. Father, we thank you. We give you praise because we know your son is alive. Your beloved son. Father, we, we come into your presence and we do it in the name of Jesus Christ because That is the name above all names, holier than holy, our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we come and we ask forgiveness. We ask forgiveness of sin. We ask that you would wash us with the very blood that was shed. That you would wash us and make us new. Father, right now, today is the day that we will turn from our sin 
and we will turn to you. We will put our faith and our hope and our trust in you, Father. Today is our birthday. So, Father, we look to you because we don't know how to do it without you. We can't take these steps without the power of your spirit in our lives, without you leading us and guiding us. Father, your word tells us that your yoke is light, that if we take upon your yoke, if we allow you to be the Lord and the leader of our lives, that you will guide us, that you will hold us and you will keep us and you will be with us to the end of the age. So, Father, this morning we trust you with that. Father, we look to you for that. Lord, I, I praise you and I thank you for every heart that's here this morning. I pray that by the power of your spirit that, that you would not leave them where they sit, Father, that you would move them to change and that the, the power of the resurrected Christ would be alive in their lives and they would proclaim it with boldness, with courage, and they would do it all in his name. Lord, we praise you and we love you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.